Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Everybody here dies by dawn. Dead by dawn. Welcome, welcome to the Spook to the Show. Show. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joining here with Will. That's right for the second straight week. No Donnie, no Professor, no Tiana. Just just me and Willie. So we're we're holding oh, it. This is this is my thing. This they shouldn't be skipping yeah. shows. <laughs> this is gimmick infringement. <laughs> uh, we're, like we said last week, we're still in the thick of the holidays, so they weren't able to make it. So Obviously, we understand that, and uh, hopefully, they're able to come back in the next week or two. Uh, we got a we got another big show planned for next week, and we'll uh, be talking about what that's going to be at the end of the show. So that's a big tease to hang around for the end to find out what we're going to be doing next week. But we're here in the holiday season, and Donnie Donnie decided this when this was his choice in the rotation. So what better way to celebrate the holiday season than with Hereditary from 2018? <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Good God almighty. We need to, we need to yeah, yeah. darken this, this shit is, all the way up. This is going the complete opposite way of, uh, uh, sharing, sharing good times with your family and friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Maybe that's, maybe that's the deep thoughts behind his choice here. He wanted to give <laughs> us the opposite flavor of the holidays. Or he just wanted to see a really good horror movie. Yeah, one of one of the other. Needless to say, this is one um, that I think a lot of critics loved, and it, and it has kind of become a beloved thing. And you know, since it came out, so this is more of a modern classic, so to speak. Before we we dive into some of the usual stuff, have you seen this before? Never seen it before. Okay, so this should be interesting. Uh, yeah, this is the first time I've seen it. I've, I've, I've wanted to watch it multiple times, but I knew that this was going to be coming up at some point on the podcast, yeah. so I just held off. Yeah, this literally came out uh, what, around the time that we started this podcast, because it came out in 2018. We started in October of 2018. Okay, yeah, it would, uh, it would have debuted sometime around that summer. Uh, let's see, yeah, June 8th, 2018 is when it were released wide here in the U.S. It had debuted in the festival circuits before that, so... This is just slightly older than the spook show itself. So yeah, you were right that you knew eventually this one would come up and boy, what a dark, dark way to kick off the holidays. I'll just, I'll just leave that there for now. We want you to go check out aaspookshow.com. We call that the center of the spook show universe. That is where you can listen to our past part podcast archives. Of course, also our YouTube channel is linked there where you can uh, go check out our monthly series Video Vortex, Grindhouse Gutter, and Hammer Horror in Order. Uh, you can also go to our Tee Public shop from there and, and and order some merchandise. We're hoping to get some new, uh, finally get some new T-shirt designs up there pretty soon. I got I got a couple in mind that I've been wanting to throw up there and just haven't done yet. But lots of logoed merchandise and other cool stuff there. So that's linked there. Also, our Patreon. We want you to become a patron. Patreon.com slash show, where every month you get a video mini-sode, including the Library of the Professor. And you also get every month 
Craps for Peace Theater. We haven't quite done the final tallies just yet as of the recording of this to tell you what's coming up later this month. Just know that it is one of the Christmas crap that was on last month's poll. So it'll either be like Santa Claus Conquers the Martians or um, Santa Claus or Santa with Muscles or one of those god-awful things that was on there. We'll do the final tally and then just check out our socials for what we will be watching there on December 29th for the next Crapster Peace Theater, number 22. And you can only listen to that by becoming a patron over on patreon.com slash Show. So with that, out, all of that out of the way, we'll get and toss to the trailer for Hereditary. Come on, Peter. It's your suit. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. That's Grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. She isn't gone. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's going to take care of me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die... She wasn't altogether there. At the end. any more stress on my family. Well, there you go. There's that. So like I said, if nothing else, this is dark as shit, uh, (laughs) to be, (laughs) to be kicking everything off with. So, um, and it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts of it are, since this is the first time you've watched it. Now, this is only the second time for myself. I watched it I did not go see this in the theater, but I watched it right after it came out on Blu-ray or something like that. And this was one of those movies that really stuck with me for a while afterwards. <laughs> like, you know, it was just like, God damn, you know, like <laughs> just, just fucking what the hell, you know, I remember like a, a couple of days later, still kind of like, you just couldn't shake it kind of feeling this is the, what is what I got from it back then. Again, this is a movie you could call gaslighting and it would still be right. <laughs> We don't, we don't need open references to the frog prince today. We've had enough of those lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit, no doubt. <clears throat> but this was, this, like I said, came out in, uh, July, I believe it was of, uh, 2018. And I didn't see any like interesting, um, alternate titles for it or anything like that. 
But obviously, this movie is rated R. Total runtime of two hours and seven minutes. So this is a lot longer than your usual horror stuff. But man, it's it's really got a slow build up to some high end fuckery once you get to that last, you know, that last act, you know. So it it really spends the entire movie just built the drama building, the suspense building to get you to that point where you know, once you finally see what's going on here, like, good Lord almighty, what is this? You know, <laughs> um, on IMDb, it's listed as a drama horror and mystery. And, um, it was filmed in, uh, Utah in the, in, in, uh, Utah area there in 2017. And, um, they only had, uh, shot some of the exteriors there, but pretty much everything else, were built sets, custom built sets on a soundstage. Um, very meticulously done by, there was a, an artist or something that they got to work on the, the little doll houses too. So it all matched, you know, it was all in sync and everything. So they, they really took their time to craft that aspect of it for the film, which I think, you know, goes a thousand miles to why this movie is as, as well done as it is for sure. It was directed and written by uh, Ari Aster. Now, Ari Aster, you know, has already become kind of because of this movie and a couple others, he's already become like a, a huge horror name, synonymous, you know, genre filmmaker. But he's only made three feature length films because everything else he's ever done before Hereditary were short films and whatnot. He did this. One other movie that we've already talked about here on the podcast last year, or no, I'm sorry, earlier this year, Midsummer. He directed that and only one other that just came out this year. Bo is afraid movie with Joaquin Phoenix in it, which I haven't seen, but it's long as fuck. It's like a three hour movie. I've heard it's really good. Just haven't watched it yet, but those are his only three movies. So we've done two out of his three movies now here on the spook show. So I guess we'll see if this one holds up as well as midsummer did, but we all liked that one back when we did, we did that one right before uh, we got into the summer disaster series that was all the way back in episode 161 so if you want to hear our thoughts on midsummer uh go back and check that episode out but we all i'm looking at the ratings that we all like that one so we'll see if it holds this one holds up holds a candle to midsummer um it stars tony collette as the mom of the family annie uh millie shapiro as charlie gabriel byrne as steve he's the father of the family and alex wolf plays peter uh, those are really the only, I mean, the only other one worth men- worth mentioning uh, name-wise is the lady that plays Joan and Dowd, because pretty much everyone else is kind of a smaller, not much in it, you know, in, in the cast much, you know, mostly it's these four people, it's the four people of this family. And the movie is essentially, you know, about grief. You know, that, that's essentially what you got going on here. Name for refreshment, refreshment. For your enjoyment, there's hot, fresh popcorn. Tempting, delicious hot dogs, and so many kinds of ice cream. And of course, sparkling, delicious, ice cold Coca Cola for everybody at the refreshment counter now. For you, listeners of the All American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I hopped on over to audible.com, typed in hereditary to see what would pop up. And I don't really see anything that has anything to do with this movie, but obviously, Tons of results just from the word hereditary. You've got hereditary Beatrice Harrow series, book one by Jane Washington. That one's uh, just over eight and a half hours long. And that's an audible exclusive. You've got, she has her mother's laugh 
The Powers, Perversions, and Potential of Heredity by Carl Zimmer. That sounds like a deep fucking subject. And it's 20 and a <laughs> half hours long. Good God almighty. And if that gives you anxieties, well, maybe you want to check out the concept of anxiety. <laughs> a simple psychologically oriented deliberation in view of the dogmatic problem of hereditary sin. That might be the smartest thing I've ever read on this podcast. That whole sentence right there <laughs> by Alistair Haney. Uh, that one's just over six hours long and that's an audible exclusive as well. So there's, there's lots of other things. So if, uh, nothing to do exactly with this movie, but if any of that sounds like it might float your boat to get your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookshow for your free audiobooks. So now I'm going to hop back over to imdb.com, click on plot summary. If I can, if I can find it, here it is. Just see what IMDb has got to say about it. Maybe it can better just explain what the hell's going on here in this movie than we can very briefly. So we've got the one sentence one. A grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences. That's very simply put what this movie is. I'll read two of these. One longer than that. One's the longest one. We've got when her mentally ill mother passes away, Annie, her husband, son, and daughter all mourn her loss. The family turned to different means to handle their grief, including Annie and her daughter, both flirting with the supernatural. They each begin to have disturbing, otherworldly experiences linked to the sinister secrets and emotional trauma that have been passed through the generations of her family. And then we've got one uh, put up here by Nick Reganis. As the miniature artist Annie Graham and her family prepare, prepare for her mother's funeral, the unbearably complex and cryptic septuagenarian Ellen Lee, Unsettling occurrences and palpable spiritual manifestations start nestling in the secluded house's dark corners. A thick veil of grief and guilt and a sinfully pleasant sense of relief increasingly shroud the already troubled mother. The mounting distress of Annie's 13-year-old daughter, Charlie, becomes evident, and her older brother, Peter, begins to feel the relentless anguish of culpability. Now, little by little, a sinister dark presence robs Annie of her free will, demanding a cruel sacrifice in exchange for glorious rewards. Will the Grams ever shake off the macabre connection to the unseen realm, especially when evil seems to be hereditary? Will they? Hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? We've said the word dark a lot here, but Jesus. Even in the, like, the dioramas and these little miniatures and stuff that Annie makes throughout the movie, even those are fucking dark as hell, right? <laughs> and weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, uh, it looks something like uh, there was that one scene where it looked like the mom was looking in on the couple. Yeah. yeah, like, I think one of the first ones you see is where, like, it's kind of like a recreation of when she had, when Annie had Peter, you know, her, her oldest son, and mm-hmm. she's breastfeeding her, and then her mom's just standing there with her boob out. Like, <laughs> or I guess her mom's trying to breastfeed the baby, or, you know, what the fuck, man? A lot but, of. By the way, who's. <laughs> It looks like this family is like living off of her making these things. Who is buying this? <laughs> now I'd seen in some synopsis or explanation of what was going on here is that apparently her husband, I assume would be the, is, is kind of the breadwinner because I think he's like a psychologist or something who is, who apparently was, and this is really re- reading the tea leaves or maybe reading some other explanation of this movie that I didn't really catch, but it's apparently like, Annie, his wife, was one of his patients, and then they fell in love, and now they still have this kind of weird relationship because she's he's essentially her psychiatrist, but they're married. So, like I said, I didn't catch all that in the movie, but apparently that's something that's going on here. Yeah, I did not catch that at no, all. No. It, it seemed like he was uh, 
very well to do and did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he's the he's the rich for rich sakes kind of guy. Yes. He just he just acquired money. Well, how? He stole underpants. How do you make money off of that? <laughs> Wealth. What? Well, it turns out he sold spatulas. Yeah. <laughs> That's a reference to UHF from just last week. Get it now at aaspookshow.com. Charlie is the uh what would you say she's roughly 13 or so? year old uh daughter yeah. and i think they call her 14 somewhere in the movie okay she's kind of a uh um she's got an odd personality right like she's kind of quiet stays to herself and she like uh makes like weird art out of like random items and shit so here's an old coke can and some yarn you know, like she's a, she's the macgyver of art right <laughs> she just <laughs> finds like random shit and makes little things out of it all the time and She's taking her grandma dying really hard because the way they kind of phrase it here is like her grandma was kind of the one that was, she was close to and took care of her. So now that her grandma is, is dead, she literally like questions her mom. Like, well, now that she's not here, who's going to take care of me? So well, I'm your mom. I will, you know, but then immediately Peter, her son wants to go to a party and then they just kind of force him to take her with him. And they're at this party. And by the way, this weird art thing that she does, Charlie, when she's in class in school, a bird flies up and hits the window and dies. So she goes out during recess or whatever after school and then just cuts the damn bird's head off <laughs> with a pair of scissors. <laughs> why? Why not? Yeah. Maybe that comes back. Who knows? Really, the the whole thing, I, this is a hard one to explain. You kind of have to see. It's like, you know, once again, the other Ari Aster movie that we've done, Midsummer. You kind of have to see it to understand yeah. certain aspects of, you know, what's going on here and what we're talking about. Cause I think at the end of this, this has definitely got something to do with witchcraft, obviously in the supernatural. And that becomes fairly obvious once you get towards the end. Right. But I think as the right. movie goes along, you're able to put together that the grandma was like the head queen of a, of a coven or some shit. Right. Or a cult or something. Yeah. And, and the thing that I guess I didn't fully catch on was, was her daughter Annie aware of that and just kind of shunned it? didn't accept it or was she not aware of that? And then eventually puts the pieces together and like, Holy shit. You know, like, I guess that's the hereditary part. Right. And, and how much did Charlie know, you know, before what's about to happen to her, we explain <laughs> how much was Charlie aware of that too, you know, cause she was close to her grandma and everything. So was she in tune with that or was it just the fact that it was passed down generation to generation or was she actually told this that is never fully made clear to me. Oh no, no I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know. Um, this is that kind of movie where I mean, you feel dumb. You know, <laughs> I'm not smart enough for this. <laughs> no, I mean, it, they made it almost like uh, uh, Charlie was uh, the one that was supposed to host the spirit. Yes. And she, because she was, and I get that at the end, right? That's explained a little bit because she was not, because remember they referenced it at some point, grandma wanted me to be a boy or something like that. Right. Yeah. But because she wasn't a boy, I guess she wasn't the one that was going to be become this, this thing at the end. Right. Right. So I guess she had to be taken out for the other things to happen, I guess. And, and the, yeah, yeah. But like, like she was taken out like, in a very like odd way. Like it didn't seem like on purpose. It was more like, of a, like it was, it felt more of like, yeah, it wasn't on purpose, but it was on purpose. It was like a fate. Like fate had decided yeah. this is the way it was going to play, you know? And the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, where are the cops on? Yeah. 
Uh, we don't have to worry about <laughs> cops and everything. Um, cops never pop up. She te- so as I mentioned a second ago, Charlie takes her. Or no, I'm sorry, Peters. It's not confusing at all that her fucking name is Charlie, right? There's yeah. something there. There's something there too, right? Where she should have been a boy and her name is Charlie. Yeah. Anyways, Peter takes Charlie to the party, and while they're at the party, what does she eat? Like some pot brownies or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think or, it was supposed to be chocolate cake. I yeah, I, I'm thinking it was like pot brownies, or you know, it was laced cake or something. And she has a reaction to it, so it's she says something about like her throat feels like it's getting bigger. So Peter grabs her up, puts her in the car, and he's going to take her to the hospital. And she's having a hard time breathing. She opens up the window to stick her head out to get her, I guess, catch her breath. And right then he swerves to, was it a dog in the road? I think. I thought it was a deer or something like there that. There was something in the road. He swerves the car and it clips a telephone pole. And right when she stuck her head out, knocks her head clean the fuck off. So it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And then he just doesn't acknowledge. Like, like I guess that he's was, in shock. Oh, but... yeah. Yeah, clearly. Because like he just sits there for a <laughs> second. I don't even think he looks back. No, he doesn't. He just realizes, like, holy fuck, I just knocked my sister's head off. Doesn't even look back. Sits there for, like, a little bit. Puts it in drive. Just goes home and gets in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. This, This, when I first watched the movie, this was like, nothing about this movie was really grabbing me until that happened. You know, like, okay, well, what the hell? You know, this is a slow burn. What's going on? And then that happened. I'm like, oh, shit. Man, let's see where this goes. <laughs> like the entire time, you're like, you don't see anything. You're just like, what the? But and then and then, right there at the end of that scene, they show her head on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. It's like ants and stuff all over. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, he just goes home, and gets in the bed, and then basically waits for somebody, I guess, to discover her headless body in the car, right? Because he's just kind of sitting there staring blankly ahead, and then you hear the mom or somebody scream. <laughs> losing their mind. Yeah, they they just discovered her fucking headless body, and then that's when they cut to the head still on the side of the highway with covered in ants and stuff. Which that comes back up here in just a second when Annie ha- starts having her fucked up dreams. Right, basically at that point, it's everybody in the family dealing with this tragedy in their own ways, and Annie makes a diorama of the accident. How fucked up is that? Right. Yeah. Like she makes like a perfect, like it's not even a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) She makes like a perfect recreation of the accident, headless body and the head on the side of the road and everything. And then the husband comes in and he's like, Jesus Christ, what the hell? You know? And uh, she's like, (laughs) what? It's, 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 it's a, what did she say? It's something like it's a forced perspective of the accident. It's not, it's it's a non, yeah, something to the essence of it's a non judgmental view uh yeah. view of the obstacle yeah because he's just like don't let peter see this shit <laughs> <laughs> so she meets this lady joan at like uh she keeps going to these uh family loss grief uh like aa meeting type thing and she meets this lady joan there and then uh eventually she runs into joan who has done some kind of incantation or something like a seance she went to an open seance that's what it was and this guy shows her how to conjure up her dead grandson. And then Joan shows her how to do this. So Annie can go do this herself. Right. And this is kind of like opens up a can of worms. Annie has this fucked up dream of like walking in and Peter is covered in ants. And then he sits up, you know, like that didn't happen. And then she just, just 
goes in this diatribe about like, I never wanted to have you. She didn't want him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she did everything not to have him. Yeah. And then, like just saying the most fucked up stuff. Like, you know, I tried everything to abort you basically. And then wakes up like that didn't happen. So like, you're just, what the fuck is going on? So none of that happened. Right. It was just a fucked up dream. But from that, I guess she's convinced that she should conjure the spirit of Charlie, you know, her, her, her dead daughter. And that she kind of convinces the husband and, and the son to come in there and do it with them. And then she start when she starts talking, is she talking like Charlie for like a split second there before they like throw a glass of water in her face and wake her up? Yeah. I think she starts talking like her, right? Yeah, I think she does. Yeah. Um, so clearly they have conjured something here, right? There was this book that Charlie had that she always drew in. So Annie decides to burn the book. And when she throws it in the fire, her arm catches on fire. So she has to pull the book back out, you know, to get the fire to stop on her arm. So obviously there's some connection there, right? So that's foreshadowing what's going to happen. Then it comes to find out because so many creepy things are happening. And then she makes a connection to Joan, that lady from the meetings that her mother and Joan were connected somehow. They had a friendship. So she starts digging around into things. And then I guess at some point she smells something or something makes her go up to the attic, right? And she goes up to the attic and there's just flies, like thousands of flies everywhere. She goes over to the corner and there's the headless body of her mother sitting in the damn corner of the attic. Meanwhile, Peter, during all this, is kind of starting to act whacked out. He is, he's in class and then like, he raises his hand or something, but you can see his hands all like sideways and shit. And then it cuts to his face and he's just like, it's like he's got, you know, like I had a stroke or something. His face is all sideways and shit. And then just gets slammed into the desk, breaks his nose. They bring him home or Steve goes and gets him from school, brings him home. And then that's when they kind of have a face to face about what's going on here. And Annie tells Steve, like, look, if you just burn this book, this will, you know, we've, we've conjured something. She shows him, you know, it's kind of half crazy, right? She shows him all these crazy things that have been happening with her mom, the connection with Joan and, he doesn't believe her, but whatever the fuck, she says, please burn this book, and then that will get rid of it. And she eventually, I think he's like, no, I'm not fucking doing this, right? Because he's just, you're crazy. I'm done with you, basically. So she grabs the book, throws it in the fire, and then it just instantly engulfs him in flames. <laughs> yeah, that, that when that happened, it was just like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. So now you're knee deep in the shit, as they like to say at this point. Peter, who's been, you know, knocked out from his, you know, the spirit breaking his nose in class bit. He wakes up to neither of his parents being around, goes downstairs and finds the burnt crisp body of his dad right in front of the, uh, also there right when he wakes up and he's sitting up in the bed and he's kind of looking around. Did you notice his mom or Annie, you know, now, cause now like something happened there when Steve burned, right? Like you can kind of see like, some kind of spirit or something just, she just kind of snapped, right? You see something oh, yeah. like a glimmer, right? Like, well, she's gone. Um, when Peter wakes up. Yeah. Because she's like sitting there crying, like, like, you know, like one would be. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden within a snap, like ding, she is just like, like blank face, not there. Anymore. Yeah. She's gone. <clears throat> um, when Peter wakes up in his room and doesn't see them, but like when she's, he's sits up and he looks around, you see her kind of float by in the background. Did you notice that? I didn't notice it there. Yeah. Like he, he sits up and he's looking around like mom, dad. And then you just see, like, you don't even hear anything. You just kind of see her just like (laughs) crawl across the wall in the background. Like, but it's real faint, like real quick. Like, Oh shit. When he goes downstairs and finds his burnt dad, 
And yeah, now I did see her there. Yeah, she's sitting up, like she's on the ceiling, right? Like sitting up in the yeah. corner, like looking at him. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns around, and there's some weird naked old person standing there. Yep. And then that's when Annie comes, like full bore, like running after his ass, <laughs> and just <laughs> chases him straight up into the attic. And then because he, that's where you'd go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. He just floats right up into the fucking attic, and then while he's in the attic. Um, that's where he finds the, you know, the headless corpse of his grandma or whatever. And also he turns around and there's like, what, three or four naked old people. Yeah. Just, <laughs> there's yep. something about Ari Aster and naked old people. Is the, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It is creepy though. I'll give him that. Uh, they're just staring at him. And I love that part. Cause he's just like, ah, <laughs> and then just jumps out the fucking one. They went, nope. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. He's like, uh, uh-uh, nope. Uh, uh-uh. uh, <clears throat> and like takes a header out of the attic window. Now, when he wakes up, is he's not dead, right? Like, I guess he just got knocked out from jumping out the window. Because you could take it either way, like, right? Like, he took a header out of the window, died, and now he is something else. Or did it just knock him out? He wakes up and just kind of accepts, like, there's some high fuckery afoot, and I'm just, I'm, a, I'm just a part of it. I don't see. I, I took it. I took it as he died. Because then you see like the light that's been following him yeah, I for saw the that. entire yeah, show kind of go into him. Yeah, that little kind of a round glimmer shimmer light that just kind of like I saw that, and I, obviously, but I could I didn't quite. I was just interested to see what you had to think as far as like did he die there or did it just kind of either he, him and, you know either he died and it brought him back or that's when he got like taken over. Well, he stands up and then he sees his uh mom no yeah okay, wait a minute i'm, I'm kind of getting I, I don't want to miss anything here like his mom is okay has he jumped no no he hasn't jumped out of the attic yet i'm sorry i i got ahead of ourselves jumping out of the attic his oh mom, you're talking about in the corner his mom it comes into the attic and she saws her own head off yeah. while flo- like she's floating in the air and she's got some kind of rope chain string something and like back and forth, like with it saws her own fucking head off. Then that's when he turns around. I think it's like literally after her head falls off, he turns around and sees the naked people. That's when he jumps from the window because then when he wakes up, he sees the headless body of his mom floating into that tree house, the tree house that Charlie always liked to hang out in. So he's like, well, fuck it. (laughs) When in Rome, he walks, (laughs) he walks and goes up into the tree house. And now like, all these naked old people are in there like worshiping him. That lady Joan is there and they put a crown on his head and then they're like, hell payment. You're now King payment. So like there was some reference earlier in the movie to like, there was some demon or something that was called like, it was a, some demon from hell or something, right. That was called payment. Essentially mm-hmm. what I gather here is, since Charlie was not a boy, they they needed to find a way to get Charlie's spirit into Peter. So I think that's that spirit that you see inner Peter is literally like the spirit of Charlie entering his body. So then she can, now that Charlie is a boy, like she was meant, she was meant to be. Now she can ascend to the throne of King Payman. And that's literally how the movie ends is Peter standing there with the, crown on his head and they're referencing it now to him as charlie right and hail payment king payment long live king payment and then credit so what the fuck (laughs) 
Odd movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's a hard one to explain. I, I, I guess what, you know, I did about as good as you could here. Um, it's really one that you need to see, but holy shit, is it, uh, unique and haunting. Like I said, the first yeah. time I watched this man, like dude, for like a day or two after that, I was like, I couldn't shake it completely. It was like, God damn, what, what was that? Like, I need more, <laughs> I need more explanation. What, what did I just witness? You know, it's one of those kind of movies, you know? So what, it, what did you think? I mean, like, I guess you can go ahead and get into your thoughts and also your rating and everything. So, you know, this being the first time you watch it, what did you think of it? Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it four stars. It's, it's insanely well done. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I, there, there are some movies where, you know, you sit there, you watch it, I get it. Yeah. This one is one where you're, you're sitting there at the end, like, but what the hell? Yeah. Like, it's really good. And I'm sure if I was smarter, yeah. I would give it five stars. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, so I ain't. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like like this one's got some like some crazy visuals. Uh the, the effect right off the beginning of the movie of uh them like you know showing you all the dollhouses and then yeah. instantly leading into the movie, like seamless transition, uh like zooming in on the bed with the husband and wife laying in bed. But it was it was the dolls and then it was them. It, it was it was impressive hats off in that regard to the director of photography was uh paul pug pogorzelski that's all i'm sure i just butchered his damn name but powell pogorzelski um just like in midsummer man like both ari Aster movies that we've seen like just artistically and just the way these things are shot and everything man just fucking awesome right it goes back to what um, you were saying about the the going the transition the editing and everything just the transitions from the dollhouse to the real world and vice versa and the camera angles and everything. Just, just so pretty, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Kind of going back to the thing I said at the beginning of, uh, this movie could be called, uh, uh, gaslighting from a community. You come to the end and, and it seems almost like, like everybody that, that knew this old woman was setting her daughter up to, you know, yeah. fail <laughs> from pretty the get Yeah, pretty much. Very similar themes, at least, to uh, say like Rosemary's Baby and a, and a handful of other movies, where like there's something going on behind the scenes. You know, like what you think is going on ain't quite what's going on here. You know, and by the time you start to understand what's going on, it's already too late. You're you're already fucked. We've got you know the spider has you in the web, right? <laughs> For in her in her regards, and man. I really got to give a hats off to like Tony Collette as Annie, you know, the mom in the movie, man, like she should have at least been nominated for an Oscar in my opinion for this movie. I mean, she's, she's acting her ass off in this movie, man. hundred percent. Yep. I mean, and I know it usually comes back to, you know, we've had these discussions before where it's a horror movie, so they're not going to acknowledge it, but at, at, sometimes you see ones like this and that's a fucking crime myself. I give it, I, I think I'm going to sit the same as you. I'm going to give it four stars. And that's not in like a, a bad way. That's in a great way. You know, it, it really is a well done movie. Like you said, I wish I was smarter to understand all the nuances, catch everything. I think I did. It seemed like I did catch a few more things this time around than I did a few years ago, the first time I watched it. But I also didn't have the, the same viewing experience than I did then because I knew what was going to happen. You know, I knew some of those big moments that were coming, like, the Charlie with the head and you know, this, both of them with the head, everybody with the head, what the, what's with the head. There's something there too, right? Smarter people. 
knocking off the heads had something to do with this, but those things were like really impactful the first time I watched it. And yeah, they are too. The second, you know, upon further viewings, but the impact is a little cushioned because I knew it was coming still just so damn well done. It's a pretty movie, well-written, well-executed, just fucking all across the board. And that, that guy that plays, uh, the oldest son, Peter, Alex Wolf, I saw something where like, apparently he's a method actor. So like the entire time they were shooting the movie, they couldn't refer to him as his real name. They had to refer to him as Peter. So he's one of those guys, right? Which, which I'm sure on some <laughs> level would be annoying as hell to deal with, but he was so wrapped up in the role. Like he didn't want to lose the moment. So like they had to refer to him as Peter when they were talking to him and everything. And then it wasn't until after they wrapped that he introduced himself to everybody as, hi, my name's Alex, you know? <laughs> so he really, I mean, he, and he did a great job too. No, everybody did. I mean, Gabriel Byrne's always good in just about everything that dude's in. So, and Millie Shapiro, like she hadn't done much before or after this really, um, as Charlie, I think she's more of a stage actress kind of thing. You know, I think she had been in Matilda and some other stuff. So like, I think that's more her, her game, but she's still really young. I mean, I think she's just now turned 21, which would have put her probably 15 or 16 or so when they made this. So she was pretty mm-hmm. young, you know, making this, but. They all did a great job. The principal cast there, just a great flick all together. Absolutely haunting and terrifying shit. I mean, it's a ride through absolute insanity, especially the last 20 minutes. You're just like, what the fuck? That, you know, all that, all that said, um, while I did, you know, thoroughly enjoy this movie, it's, it's a little longer than it needs to be. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get that. You know, Peter has been through a traumatic experience like, um, you know, being involved with losing his sister. But does he have to fucking whine like that? Like, he just he whines and he cries like a five-year-old. That just got annoying as shit. And it's, it, you know, just... But still, still a great movie. I cannot recommend it enough. And that's going to reflect in my rating. Uh, um, four stars. That's where we sit. And I just know just from talking to Smoke and Tiana about this, that this is high up on their rankings as well. I don't know what their final number is and they'll give it for a chance to get, but I can bet you this is four plus from the both of them for sure. So across the board, the spook show says, if you have not seen this, check it out. And unfortunately, I don't know if we reminded you that we are a spoiler filled podcast. So, uh Oh, <laughs> We just spoiled the shit out of it for you. But no, I, I think even with everything we've talked about here, you need to see it yourself, you know? Connections from the times. <laughs> All right. So with uh, Crypt Connections, what we do here is uh, we connect the current movie episode uh, by any cast or crew. Um, connections to past Spook Show episodes. So for Hereditary, um, on the cast side, we've got Ann Dowd, who plays Joan. Uh, she was also in uh, Ec- The Exorcist Believer, which we just you know covered here recently. Um, and on the crew side, we've got three. Um, we've got producer Lars Knudsen, who is also a producer on The Witch and Midsummer. Probably uh, no surprise there, A24. Um, and we also have a makeup effects artist, Adrian Stansfield, who also did the makeup effects for uh, It, 
from 2017 and Dawn of the Dead from 2004, the remake. Um, and we also have a stunt woman, uh, Jennifer Lamb, who, which, you know, I was thinking, was there stunts in, in here? But I guess there was. Yeah, she was all, she also, uh, was, a uh, did the stunts for, uh, Independence Day and the Big Lebowski. You talk about, you know, is there stunts there? Maybe she was the, the stunt toe. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, that's what we've got for uh, Hereditary for Connections. Well, what's what's the number here? It can't be extremely high, I wouldn't think. 83, can you what? believe it? What? Uh, between 4 and 5, just depending on how you want to want to count it. Uh, so we got got uh, Charlie getting decapitated. You've got the mom, Ellen. Technically, she died before the movie. Though. You do see her dead body, though, so I guess we can count that. Whoops, sorry. Hit the, <laughs> hit the wrong <laughs> button. Hit the wrong button, sorry. Then we've got uh, Steve, who was lit on fire. Uh, Annie, who decapitated herself. And then if you want to count Peter at the end, if you think that he jumped out the window and killed himself. Yeah. Either way, by the end of the movie, he's not Peter anymore. I think we can safely mm-hmm. come to that conclusion. So... Either way, you can kind of say that he's 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 a body count. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, go so we'll go with five. That leads us naturally to let's talk about the kill reel. I like you. Gee, I, I wonder which one you're going to pick, Josh. <laughs> well, of course, it's the grandma slowly dying of old age, and then eventually you see her. <laughs> it's uh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They may not be as impactful, but buddy, they still pay off. Um, <laughs> speaking of impact, yeah, I'm going to go with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say it's a close fucking second with uh, Annie sawing her own head off. Cause that is like, well, see, I, I, I thought you would have went with that one because you actually see it. True. Well, I mean, you, you pretty much see the other one too, man, but I don't know. I mean, like I, I wouldn't argue it either way, but I got to yeah. go with the one that most people are probably going to bring away from this the most, I would think would be Charlie hanging out the window and getting her head, not clean the fuck off by a telephone pole. Yeah. And that's the one where you're like, Oh shit. God damn. You know? <laughs> and, and that other moment is big too. No question. You know, like, cause you don't know what the fuck is going on when that happens, you know, but yeah, this is one of those where like, I could see a one A and a one B for sure. Yeah. And it's funny too, because it's not a overly gory movie. And there's not a lot of deaths like you just went through, but man, that those ones you get, oh yeah, even Steve, right, burning like that, like the ones you get, man, they're like, oh shit, you know, so like they hold more weight, even though you only get three or four in the movie. So it's well done in that regard. Smoke's not here to give the gore score, but I would think it would be fairly low because yeah, there are some moments of gore, but it's not a lot of sustained gore in this movie, right? It's no, it's no uh, terrifier or anything like that. So. I would imagine he's probably somewhere below a five on the gore score for this, but you do see some pretty gnarly things with the ants, like eating up the, you know, decapitated yeah. head and, and other things that are, you know, throughout the movie. So no shortage of gore for sure. So yeah, there we go. That, that'll pretty much wrap it up. So right now we're sitting on an even four stars from, uh, Donnie, Will and I, and I'm sure Smoke and Tiana are going to win and it's probably going to go up. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. So for hereditary, we'll leave it there. Next week, if all goes well, we, I always hate to promise these when we haven't quite got them in the bag yet, but 
if all goes to plan, next week we're going to be talking to Stephanie Malone from the morbidlybeautiful.com website. As you know, you may or may not know from the top of the show, we always mention it. We are part of the Morbidly Beautiful podcasting network and Morbidly Beautiful is kind of her baby. So we're going to be bringing her on, talking about holiday horror, all things Morbidly Beautiful and whatever the hell else she may want to talk about or comes up just kind of a free flowing conversation with Stephanie. So come back next week for that. And then hopefully we'll get a couple of, uh, Christmas horror movies in here before Christmas day. So you want to stay tuned for all that and stick to the socials and aaspookshow.com for all that stuff. So that'll pretty much wrap it up for us. So for Donnie, professor smoke, Tiana, will I'm Josh. We are the all American spook show and we'll talk to you next week. As you leave the theater, folks, Please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.